Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Rocky Five, man, that, that movie will make you want to cry to think about all that Rocky had, and he had to move out because of his damn wife's brother. It's Wes. I give that man all the credit in the world for not killing him because I would have <laughs> took him out in the backyard and beat those ribs up Ooh. like I was about to put them on the grill. And Walker. This is Top of the Dome, by the way, with the ribs grill reference. Incredible stuff. <laughs> Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. That man would have had cracked ribs and all types of crack stuff for signing over my pal Wesson Walker paying off the first debt of Street Turkey's Punishment Month. Buzz White Year to the Rescue no longer has to be completed. Got one more hour to wear the bee costume and then I'm done. You can go check us out on our social media, Wes and Walker, Wes Bryant underscore 72, Walker Mail, and trying to remember yours, Josh underscore HTV. <laughs> That's what it is. No, is it not? No underscore? What is it, Fitty? Mm, grab the mic and tell me instead of shaking your head. HTB underscore Josh. Mm, it's first. I apologize. Yeah. yeah, I got the order wrong. Either way, go follow Josh and check out the Four Corners podcast and the Heel Tough blog. And also go check us out on our website, WFNZ.com. Just go to the podcast tab, Weston Walker. Click there. You can find the best of segments. You can find all of the hours. Once again, WFNZ.com, Wes and Walker tab. I did want to read a few Chris Tabor comments up there at the podium. Having to answer for his owner's Duval drink toss. Here's what Chris Tabor had to say. He didn't want to address the David Tepper drink throwing incident. Asked if it was emblematic. This is according to Joe Person. Asked if it was emblematic of a frustrating season for the franchise. Tabor said, that's not for me to answer. And so here David Tepper is with a three-sentence statement released on the matter. It took him a couple days to think about it. It's really tough stuff. Here's Chris Tabor <laughs> having to answer for it at the podium. And this was always going to be the scenario Everybody else going to have to answer for you because even if you do host a press conference, it might only last seven minutes. Oh, I thought that you were getting ready to play some sound or something like that. No, I'm just going to you, man. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, that's Were you not? Did you hear what I said? It was all about Chris Tabor answering for David Tepper. That was yeah, I'm saying. I mean, that's and what that's a distraction that this is going to become. And it's going to be something that the players and the coaches are going to have to deal with all week long because he put out – Something that wasn't good enough. It didn't satisfy anybody. Didn't decide to have a press conference to let people know so they can put this to rest finally. So uh, luckily for the team, it's going to be the last week of the season because otherwise this would continue to be a distraction. But again, just a a lack of awareness of how this is going to affect his team and not thinking before he acted. Uh, Another question he was asked that I I didn't really think about at this point. We've got a lot of other storylines to cover, but Chris Tabor was asked about sitting some starters for week 18. He said, if you're available to play, you're playing. He said, no, he's not going to rest any starters. We're going to play football. I think at this point, like whatever, 
<laughs> like put put the starters out there, man. Yeah. I you know Bryce Young has already played this much. If you were going to sit him, then you might do that a couple of games ago. But he actually showed some progress before this Jacksonville game. And also, I don't want Bryce Young to end on a shutout. I yeah. I would rather have him go out there and perform well and try to carry that over to the next season, not end with a big old goose egg and what was the worst offensive game in a year that has been filled with bad offensive football. And not to mention, too, you know, the message that it sends to the offensive line, even though, you know, the messages that they should be receiving shouldn't be great ones, but it just says that, hey, man, these guys don't trust you so much that they decided to let the quarterback chill out on the last game because they don't want you guys to get them hurt. So I don't think that sends a great message to send the offensive line off into the offseason, even though I feel like a decent portion of those guys won't be back anyway. All right, we might play some sound from Chris Tabor tomorrow on the Live Wire. Today, we have what I think is the last rehab day for Fiddy's voice. It feels like we have one more to go through before then we get normal-sounding Fiddy tomorrow. So can't wait for that. But until then, we still got to put him to work to bring us the 2 o'clock hour. Time now for the Live Wire with Josh Fiddy. Live Wire Connect. Live Wire's on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west. Up north to the down south. Live Wire's connect. All right. Well, we are going to play some sound from national media and Joe Person. But a story broke before we got on the air that we haven't gotten to. And that was that UNC football did part ways or fired Gene Chizik, the defensive coordinator, and Tim Cross, the defensive line coach. These moves, I think, were wanted by the Tar Heel fan base, but not expected by the Tar Heel fan base. Wes, what are your thoughts after Mac Brown makes significant staff changes once again to the defensive side of the football? My thoughts are why. Like, what difference is it going to make? It doesn't matter what defensive coordinator you guys have. And I'm not even talking trash. I mean, I'm just saying... It doesn't matter what coordinator that North Carolina has. The defense is still not going to be that great until you get some top-tier defensive linemen in there to hold it down. Carolina hasn't had a first-round, second-round defensive lineman in God knows when. And in the heyday of Mac Brown when he was at Carolina, you had the Bonnie Holidays and the Ebenezer Ekubans wow. and the Julius Peppers and all those guys that was holding it down. Carolina doesn't have the guys up front. And until then, your defensive coordinators are going to keep getting fired because you can't get to the quarterback. You can't stop the run. And so teams are just going to continue to have their way with you. So it doesn't matter who he gets in there. He could bring Dick LeBeau in there. It's not going to make a difference. Yeah, but Gene Chizik, we know, certainly was not the answer, even if you do plan on bringing some talent that actually lives up to He the was high. at the beginning of the year when they were playing good. Well, but even then, we could see some of the deficiencies, <laughs> and it was really Kamon Rucker going after uh, – it was Kamen Rucker, I apologize – going after the quarterback, and he was one of the better pass rushers in all the ACC. And so I guess you were able to – um, kind of hide some of the deficiencies that you had at the beginning of the season. But then once you started to play better competition, they didn't rise up. I'm not saying you're wrong. The right. talent level has to increase. But I don't think that you could, in all good conscience, bring Gene Chizik back as the defensive coordinator and say, yeah, a third year with new recruits, this is what is going to fix our defense going forward. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, to me, and, and I see the fans on this, like, 
we playfully, I playfully joke about Carolina and things like that, man. But, you know, I'm just speaking the real. Carolina doesn't have the talent that they once had. And if you want to have a good defense, it starts up front. This is not a revelation. So they need to get some big-time talent in there that's going to show and prove. Yeah, no, Wes, you're not wrong. I mean, I'm I'm, a, I'm okay with the move. Is it going to make a big difference next year? No, they're still going to be bad defensively. It's who they are. That's in their DNA as a program. Back to David Tepper. You know that national media people that maybe took the first day of the year off because it was a Monday, they were going to get their jabs in on a Tuesday. And Tony Kornheiser wasted no time ripping him on PTI. They should have suspended him yesterday. They should suspend him today. They cannot let him anywhere near his home ballpark for Carolina's last game this coming weekend. They can't do that. And they need to think about whether they want him as an owner in this particular league. Every single football decision that he has made since he got there has been wrong and loud wrong. He traded away McCaffrey. He traded away DJ Moore. He's been there five years. In that period of time, Mike, he's fired three coaches, (laughs) two of which he hired. He used the number one pick on Bryce Young. It's too soon to tell if Bryce Young couldn't be a bust or not. But almost everybody in the world would rather have C.J. Stroud. With, and they could have had him, obviously, with, with the number one pick. And then to be seen throwing a drink in somebody else's ballpark. You know, this is a terrible look for it the is. NFL. He sounds like you, Finney. Should, should, he, should he have been suspended? And do you think maybe the good old boys club that is the NFL owners could come together and out old Big Daddy Tap. To answer your second question first, no. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't either. Does he deserve more? Absolutely. $300,000, everybody has broken it down every which way. It doesn't do anything to him. It is quite literally not a punishment. The only reason that any good comes out of this is that fine money in the NFL goes towards charity. And $300,000, even if it's not a lot to David Tepper, it makes a dent in whatever you're helping, whatever cause. So there's good that comes from it there. As far as trying to punish David Tepper for throwing a drink, something that we haven't seen before, yeah, the punishment does not fit the crime. And when you talk about David Tepper being someone that's only fined and that's it, $50,000 more? Then what Bud Adams got fined for throwing a couple middle fingers up in 2009? Yeah, not nearly enough, and the suspension would have been warranted in my opinion. And the thing that I was thinking about, too, is how do you go about punishing a situation like this? Do you suspend them from the facility? Like, what do you what do you even do in this instance? Because like we said, there was no monetary fine that could have satisfied anybody because of the riches that he possesses. But as far as just a real punishment that would maybe make him show contrition or maybe make another owner think twice about doing something like this in the future. I don't think this did this, and I was just trying to wonder what would. Yeah, I don't know what would. It doesn't feel like David Tepper is ever going to get it, and that's what's really frustrating as a Panthers fan is that you're slowly starting to realize as long as he's here, you can't ever feel good about the future of this franchise, and that incident was just the latest one. Well, if you thought those were strong words, here what, here's what Zach Gelb of the Zach Gelb Show had to say about David Tepper. David Tepper, by the way, made the most accurate pass that anyone for the Panthers have had this year when he threw that drink on a fan. That You know, David Tepper mm-hmm. is a pig. All right? He is a jackass. He is an idiot. He is a moron. He is a dope. And he is a petulant brat. How that guy owns a football team. Well, we know why. It's because he has a lot of money. But this dude is such a baby, and I'm glad everyone saw who David Tepper was. And here is a message if you are a head coach. 
get $15, 20000000 million if you want to work with that jackass. Because that dude thinks he's a football guy, and he will intervene on every single decision. Like, people go, oh, Jim Harbaugh, maybe he'll take the Panthers' job. Jim Harbaugh doesn't need to answer to David Tepper and deal with his shenanigans. You know, we, we talk about being in Daniel Snyder territory, but people didn't outwardly voice their frustrations about Snyder the way they are about Tepper. And I'm not sure a, that's true, but yeah, I, I mean, a jackass. Oh, you're talking about Zach? Just yeah, uh, I mean, like it, it feels like people oh, no, are a lot we, more comfortable calling out Tepper more so with 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 certain words than they were with Daniel Snyder. But Snyder was in the good old boys club until Jerry Jones outed him. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. I hear what you're saying though with the reputation. David don't disagree Tepper. with me. You're just like a bumblebee. I think it's embarrassing that a bumblebee is smarter than you in this situation. <laughs> oh, that, that's stung. <laughs> yeah, uh, there you go. There you I take go. it back. But don't boom. That's a good joke. I disagree with the Snyder stuff, but I do agree with the reputation that he's building. This is the the pinnacle of all of the bad feelings that David Tepper has built on his own. So, of course, you've made terrible decision after terrible decision. There's been so many reports about you meddling. Even this offseason, before everything hit the fan, it was a little weird. We would talk about him getting on that tour bus and going to every quarterback's pro day saying, ah, that's a little too much visibility from the owner. I do not want that kind of visibility from somebody that I don't want making football decisions here. And so once you had the dinner with Bryce Young and it takes him 35 minutes to go through his schedule and an everyday life. Yeah, David Tepper was sold. Everybody else was sold. I just would like Frank Reich. I really would like Scott Fitterer to be sold on the football stuff and then maybe even the interview process. But now what you see is him acting like a complete jerk and throwing drinks on the fans, the guys that actually buy tickets to the game and you're doing it at somebody else's stadium as well. It just feels like this guy is a loose cannon and is exhibiting truly unhinged behavior to a point where I can't trust that guy running the football team. And now everybody else realizes it. And PTI, the most popular sports debate show that we've seen until first take took over. Now they have it as a leading topic on their rundown. Yeah. And I mean, it's great. And his opinion, we haven't heard anybody deliver it in that man. I mean, he used every insult in the book outside of using uh, expletives, but I mean, I think he captured the feeling of a lot of people around the country and a lot of people uh, around here for sure, because I think a lot of people looked at that situation, too, to think, hey, that's what he thinks of you. Like, he threw that on him like the guy was a peon in his mind. I don't know what he said to him. I don't know what was done, but perception is everything. And when you look at a video like that, a man of that stature with that kind of money throwing water on a patron like it's nothing. That's unfortunately going to be a way a lot of people look at it, man. And especially for people that pay as much as they pay to come to these games, pay as much as they pay to eat and park and all those things that you're going to throw a drink on me just because I said something to you that you don't like. Like, mm -hmm. come on, dog. Like it, these games, going to these games are very expensive and the treat to pay in public. The people that make the franchise what it is, that's just not cool. All right, we know a lot can change in a year. Despite us feeling so good about what happened this offseason, we thought we were set up for success. It absolutely went the opposite direction with David Tepper at the helm. We can feel the same way about some of these defensive players who we thought was going to be a cornerstone 
for this franchise. Derek Brown, increased play. Brian Burns, maybe stagnated a little bit. We thought this could be a big season for Jeremy Chin. Yeah, it's a name we haven't even mentioned in quite some time. But now Jeremy Chin is only out here playing a little more than 30% of the snaps on top of having another injury. Who are the defensive faces of Carolina going forward? We break it all down. Coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. to the Weston Walker Show. Walker picking up jobs on the break. He's already been nominated for Kyle Bailey's daughter's birthday party yep. entertainment with the B costume. What would your your name be, though? You got to have some type of silly name that the kids will love. Busby? I have, yeah. I, I don't, Busby. Buzzer? <laughs> I don't know what it would be, man. <laughs> I really haven't thought about being the clown in a B costume that goes and travels around to kids' birthday parties. It seems a little creepy, but if the kids enjoy it, yeah, I guess I could come up with some kind of nickname. I don't know what it would be, though. I haven't put much thought into it. I mean, the check cash is, so why not? Yeah, how much would Kyle pay? He'd probably pay me to not do the birthday celebration right. to be honest uh, with to you. make the kids happy man you have no clue the length that parents will go to if if, if you walk in that his, room and her daughter his daughter gets happy and his kids get happy you, you you good money can can you imagine because when, when you think about whatever the prototypical it like show is for a little kid's birthday party you know a clown balloon animals cowboys princesses whatever that may be can you imagine the other parents coming over Seeing, yeah, we scheduled a dude in a bee costume yeah. to celebrate my child's birthday. I mean, that would be the worst birthday celebration of all time. <laughs> Especially with the wings like mine, where people have made jokes about me needing some of that blue chew for the wings to start standing back up again. Because these yeah. things are all sorts of pointing down. Well, I, they I, might... They might take sympathy upon you and give you money they said look man you need it more than me the sad b costume yeah, guy sad i mean i can juggle a little bit okay so the juggling b it's <laughs> juggle b i don't know i don't know what to do it yeah I, it doesn't sound great i wouldn't know what to come up with to be yeah, honest with you i like juggle b man is your name i think that'd be great the kids <laughs> will get real excited about that yeah i don't i don't think so i do this, your intro though you're saying you'd be my hype man? Yeah, you know I get busy on the intros, man. So you would be could, my hive man? That's right. I'd come out there and come get on, hit it, Fitty. Hit it. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I would do. All right. Well Yeah, it's more like Buzzkill. Lots of people writing Buzzkill. You're exactly right. That would be my nickname. That I would like fit that. the best. Buzzkill. I like that. All right. So getting back to the Panthers, in which most of this season, if not all, has been a Buzzkill. 
who should be the faces of the Carolina defense moving forward? Now, the article in The Athletic about Brian Burns uh, went into the psyche of the pass-rushing star for the Carolina Panthers, and he talked about a plethora of topics, how hard this season has been and things of that nature. But one thing he said that I found quite uh, interesting was that he feels like that Carolina's front office should not touch the defense. Uh, he feels like that this unit is definitely on to something special. So what do we think about that? And who should be the faces of this defense going forward? Because there's some big contracts that are to be paid as well. Well, it, it's easy to go to Derek Brown. I'm, I'm paying him. Even if it gets to top five defensive tackle money, I'm giving him that type of money. Because what he's shown, it's two straight years now of dominant play in the run game. You were looking at uh, some of the advanced stats on him in the run game, and I know I like players that affect more of the passing game, but he is a good pass rusher, even if he isn't getting home a ton, like maybe some of the other defensive tackles. He's not Aaron Donald, one of the best defensive players of all time. He's not Chris Jones, one of the better pass rushing defensive tackles of all time. I totally get that, but he's still good enough to invest a ton of money in. And if you look at the amount of times that he's double teamed, Wes, despite also having close to a 50% run stop win rate. Think about that. If you look at the guys that have the highest run stop win rate, Derek Brown is number one in the league at a 48% clip. So almost half of the run plays, Derek Brown is coming up with a run stop. Dalvin Tomlinson is next in line at 43% on Almost less than half the plays, uh, all the less the snaps, excuse me. Harrison Phillips is up next at 42%. It's really not all that close. And then he's also getting double teamed 37% of the time. That also helps you with a Brian Burns on the other side or whoever the next pass rusher is. Derek Brown, first and foremost, I'm paying him. Even if we talk about top five defensive tackle money, I'm paying him that kind of money. I want to keep a strength of strength. Brian Burns is the hardest discussion to have because I think you could get the best value by trading him. Even if it's not Rams two first rounder, third rounder type value, you are going to get a first rounder in return. Anything less, I'm not trading him. So if you get a first rounder, you use that for an offensive player or whatever, then that would be interesting. I, I think Luvu and Derek Brown are the guys that I feel the best about bringing back. I think Brian Burns is somebody I would absolutely welcome back. I just don't know if it's going to happen given the contract negotiations. And J.C. Horn is a wild card too, Wes. I don't, I don't know what kind of money he would command with his injury history. He's out again. I like him. Yeah, I think you'd have to move on from him, but I'll let you finish. Well, go ahead. No, I okay. that's that's J.C. Like I, because J.C.'s in this weird category where he might actually come at a pretty nice cost because of the injury history. When he's out there, he's good. You have to make sure your depth is okay because he's been out so much. But if it comes at a pretty nice price, then, yeah, I probably would sign him. Now, if somebody else is willing to say, hey, maybe change the scenery, different training staff, we'll pay him more because we think he's going to play up to this level, then you might make him walk or allow him to walk. But I, the J.C. Horn stuff is hard for me to figure out. Yeah, if I were to say, you know, who should be the faces of the defense going forward, man, it's like as much as you'd like to stick with J.C. Horn, I just don't know that you can. I just don't know that you can take the financial risk. And I know that, you know, you can put language in the contracts and things of that nature to where you pay him less if he doesn't reach certain thresholds and things of that nature. I get it. But I think, you know, at each level, 
you need a cornerstone. And I think they're in decent shape in those regards. But I think Derek Brown, I mean, no question to me. You know, I know I was a little bit down on him at the beginning of the season. But when you look at a guy that is right now second all-time among defensive linemen for most tackles in a season. He's three away from leading. Trailing Christian Wilkins. He's two away, actually. Christian Mm -hmm. Wilkins has 98. He has 96. For a defensive tackle, if he goes over the 100 tackle threshold at that size, I mean, and for one, I think people sometimes just, you got to understand how much of a burden it is to block a man like that. That is 6'5", 330, 340 pounds that can move like that. I look at some of the stuff he does to guys, and I'm just like. <laughs> it's it's so funny. I'm just like, man, like he had one play where he just goes and just throws a shoulder right into the middle of that chest plate on those shoulder pads. And that poor offensive lineman just went backwards. And I know that he made a noise. I know there was a grunt, something in there, man, because a 330-pound man putting his shoulder pad square in the middle of your chest, you're going to make a noise, okay? <laughs> and, I mean, he he plays a dominant brand of football. Like I said, I personally, I know he's really thrived in this defense as far as the amount of tackles that he's gotten. Man, I just would love to see him at that three technique full time because I think the sack numbers would rise if he was able to get in there. But I think that's your guy there. Then I think you go next level. Man, as much as I like Frankie Louvu, I don't know how much money. I think it would depend very much on, for me, the dollar amount we're talking here. If he mm-hmm. wants to be paid among the top um, linebackers at his position, I think, you know, when you go into a negotiation, you know, he's going to walk in there with the numbers over the last two seasons. I mean, he's been really good when you look at the numbers. And so, you know, you wonder what that number is going to look like for him. Is it going to be 15? Is it going to be 18, 20, somewhere like that? And, you know, so for this guy, back-to-back 100 tackle seasons, uh, we know, like I said, the tackles for loss last year was 19. They're down nine this year, which that's going to ding him a bit in negotiations as well. And the sacks are down a little bit too. I would move on from Frankie Louvu only because, I don't, you know, you and I have gone back and forth about it. I'm not thrilled with the coverage that he gives you out there. And I think that this is a league that I need I need a balanced linebacker. I need a little bit more balance. I don't want to have a guy out there on the field that when I'm playing against the best quarterbacks, they're going to single him out and just light him up all day and things of that nature. A guy that I have to, if I'm in zone coverage for, I got to compensate for because I know he's not the best in coverage. So the coverage, and he does miss a bit too many tackles for me uh, in my in my opinion. Um, Shaq Thompson, when he comes back, I think that's a guy you probably got to think about moving on from as well with the age, the injuries. The we had that conversation last year. Yeah, I think you know, I think that's it. Uh, but I think Xavier Woods is a guy that you got to keep around. I think this is a guy that in the secondary he's proven uh, his worth this year. When you look at his PFF grade, he's a top 10 safety in the NFL. And every time you watch the games, he flashes. That's the thing, too. It's not just the grades or the analytics. This is a guy that flashes. He's getting interceptions. He's getting hits. He's Johnny on the spot. That's my favorite kind of safety, a Johnny on the spot type of guy um, that's just always around the football. And when something good happens, they're normally in the mix, if not making the play. So right now uh and then brian burns of course how can i forget brian burns um man that number he comes in there talking 30 i'll probably still make that move if i'm the Panthers. i'm not paying anybody right now my rookie quarterback is not making a ton of money so if i want to sink my money into burns and brown um i think i do that Um, all right so so here we are with what you're talking about no frankie louvu no jc horn 
Mm-hmm. But you're paying Derek Brown. I'm paying Brown, Burns, and Xavier Woods. Those will be the three guys that I would use as my building blocks for and that, my defense going forward. So, and you you picked the two guys that are going to call for the most money. So, mm-hmm. Derek Brown is going to be wanting top five defensive tackle money. That's what he's going to come in at. Panthers might even give it to him. Brian Burns is going to want to come in and get top five pass rusher money. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe he lost a little leverage, but I mean, Wes, I'd. It, it was always weird for us to try to figure out where we stood on the other team's interest in Brian Burns. I don't know where you fall on it now after this season, but you seemed pretty confident that another team would give him 35, yes. mm-hmm. like all the way number every everybody but Nick Bosa type money. So I, I think guess I 31. said 33, but yeah, somewhere in that range, right? Are we still seeing teams go number two? paid defensive end after Brian Burns or is this season? Yeah, I think so. I I just think NFL history. I mean, people out there, you can argue all you want, say he's not worth it. He doesn't have the numbers, this and the third. When you talk about a young edge rusher that is 25 years old, his pass rush win rate is top five, but teams always see the potential. And that's what a lot of these contracts are based on is the potential. They're going to look at Burns and say, well, he didn't have a lot around him. And they're going to talk about the Panthers and him not having, you know, necessarily the requisite tools. And there's always going to be a coach. There's always going to be an organization that's going to feel like that he would be better in their system. You look at a team, just for instance, a team that I feel like will go out and make a move like that, the Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders. They would look at Brian Byron and say, we put him with Max Crosby. He'll be a 14-15 sack guy. Uh, you can pick a team that would say, hey, if we put him on the opposite side of whoever our best guy is, he's going to be dominant. And so that's why I think on the open market, when you allow it to be a free-for-all and then this team offers them 28, it might start at 28. Then it'll be another team. You you guys know how it goes. 28, okay, well, we'll pay him 30. Oh, you'll pay him 30, we'll pay him 31. You'll pay him 31, we'll pay him 32, and so on and so forth. So that's why I think for Burns, if you could get him in that 30 to 32 range, go ahead and give him the money, man. We all know these NFL contracts are three-year deals anyway. After two or three years, they're going to have some type of out to where they can get out of the deal, restructure this, that, and a third. So, yeah, I go ahead and pay Brian Burns because I feel like he would be uh, you know, difficult to replace because you're going to have to add that to the grocery list of stuff. You're going to have to go out and find in the draft and or free agency, and you might not get a guy – that can do what he does. The problem with signing Brian Burns and Derek Brown, eating a ton of the kind of space that you have, is not helping Bryce Young as much offensively. So now, are you trying to keep both of those guys on the defensive side to where now it might eat a little bit of that money up that you wanted to spend it on an offensive line? Because that's got to be priority number one, is keeping Bryce Young safe. And then you also want to try to help him out wide receiver-wise you don't have a first-round pick to spend on a wide receiver or an offensive lineman. Now you're talking about a high second-round pick as your best asset in the 2024 draft. So if you pay both Derek Brown and Brian Burns, that's going to eat up a lot of money to try to go out and help Bryce Young coming into next season, where you kind of have to use free agency. And you mentioned all the groceries that you got to go shop for. You're, you already got these in the cupboard mm-hmm. with Brian Burns and Derek Brown. And so do you want to trade Brian Burns in order to try to help the offense even more so? That's the question that I have. You bring up pairing him with Max Crosby. Max Crosby is an excellent edge rusher. We did see him with Hassan Reddick, who was also one of the better pass rushers, and he still didn't have a 15-sack type of season. Like I like Brian Burns. I would be okay with them keeping him at a high clip. I just hope it doesn't mean 
we I hope it doesn't mean now we can't help Bryce Young on the offensive line and some of the weapons that he would have to throw to. Yeah, I mean, if you look at PFFs right now, their list of the top 50 free agents coming up in the NFL this season, Brian Burns is number five. Josh uh, Allen is ahead of him. The only edge rusher ahead of him is Josh Allen. What do you think he's going to get after the season he got? He's getting both some money. Josh Allen's getting big paid. So uh, I think that, yeah, teams will look at it and say, well, you know, uh, Josh Allen had way more sacks, so he should get paid way more. But then when you look at his history, you know, he hasn't had super huge seasons like that to where you could put him that much over Brian Burns and say, hey, we're not going to pay that. I think they're going to be teams that target and covet pass rushers because you look at uh, Josh Allen, he went seven and a half, seven, and then this year he exploded with 16 and a half. And while Brian Burns hasn't had that kind of a season, but they're going to be teams that are going to have their free agent board set up to go out the edge rushes. They're going to have Allen one, Burns two. There may be some people that put Burns over him. You don't know. But that's going to be the top two rushes on the board. And their plan is going to be, we're going to throw all the money in the world at Josh Allen. And if we don't get him, we're going to go after Brian Burns. The, and there's the, going to be multiple teams that are going to do that. Yeah, you might think the teams are going to do that. And I could see it. The, the discussion is whether it's a good decision to make. Mm-hmm. Because other teams might do it. You're you're right. But I don't know if it's a good decision. Because Josh Allen, the way you justify it now, it's pretty simple. Go look at how many sacks you had this past year. With Brian Burns, that answer is a little more tricky. It's a little harder to justify to the fan base and to the football team. We paid him, despite only finishing with seven sacks in 16 games, compared to the other guy that's getting a lot of money, mm-hmm. getting close to the Nick Bosa money, who finished with 18, according to PFF, but 16 and a half if you let other publications tell now, it. Now, we also we can't discount the tackles for loss, too. Brian Burns has been a guy that's had a high number of tackles for loss over the last few seasons, too. Like When you look at a disruptive football player, he's had 32 tackles for loss over the last two seasons, and then when you add... Uh, the last three, he's had 45 tackles for loss. So that's an average of 15 a year. That gets you paid. Oh, it's good. Oh, yeah. That gets you paid. I like Brian Burns a lot. But when it comes down to justifying the best of the best money for the players that probably aren't the best of the best, like that's that's when you start to get in trouble. You you could very easily justify not not being in the business of handing out contracts that are overpaying players. Where Derek Brown... I, look, you can talk about Derek Brown's impact and easily, easily validate paying him a top five defensive tackle type of contract. With Brian Burns, probably not as much when we're going to see Micah Parsons get paid. We're going to see Josh Allen with all of his productivity. We saw what Nick Bosa got. I mean, it, it becomes a little harder to compare with both of those players. And so Derek Brown seems like the better contract or the contract that is closer paying the guy that he's actually worth. Whereas Brian Burns, you might just be paying him a little bit more because you're afraid to lose him and another team is going to pay him, even if that might not be the right decision. And that's the question that's really hard for me to answer. Yeah. And so the last thing too, in that article, Brian Burns talked about how much he hates change and things of that nature. And he said, you know, if he had to go somewhere else, he would, but how much he hates change. And a lot of people do, but do you think that, that gives Carolina the best chance of retaining him? Or, you know, do you think that he would leave with everything that's going on? Because that's another fact that we're not playing into this. I know the check matters, but this incident that Tepper had, bringing all that back into it too, man, you know, he could be sitting there saying like, you know, I'm not trying to play for this guy. But they can franchise him because PFF does have him predicted yep. as a franchise, franchise tag guy. So that could be the case too. But do you think that if that were out of the equation – 
that his hate of change would give the Panthers a good chance to retain it. Well, I mean, and it, it, we can even keep it in the equation still. They're still going to try to negotiate a contract long-term, mm-hmm. whether he gets franchise-tagged or not. So, yeah, for me, I, I think another interesting question is, what kind of front office do you have here? Mm-hmm. Remember Samir Suleiman? That's somebody that's been the capologist with this front office for the last however many years or so. And the reports were that the two parties were a pretty good ways away. Like the, the, the gap was pretty far. So if Brian Burns is asking for 30, the Panthers wanted to pay him something closer to 23, 24. Is there a happy medium that each of these two parties can agree on? And if Suleiman is retained... Along with Scott Fitterer, which there's still a possibility, but do you do you clean house entirely? Do you get rid of Scott Fitterer, but you keep Suleiman, who's absolutely a big part of the negotiations too, and he is still telling whoever is the GM, hey, I wouldn't do it. it doesn't, the money doesn't really fit right with me. Then we're just going to be right back to where we were last year. And Burns, is he going to continue to put up with this for a second straight season? Yeah. I mean, he might have to if he gets franchise tagged, but he could also sit out which he threatened to do, had the weird offseason where he kind of did, but then he came back and said he was going to play the rest of the season. Does he do it again? I I would bet not. I would bet not for two straight years that he he actually plays. Yeah, he had his bluff called and he didn't follow through with it. He should have just did it this year and just sat out until he got his money, but he didn't. So when we come back on the Wesson Walker Show, we're going to tell you what is popping tonight, sports-wise, Carolina Hurricanes update, all that, and we close it down on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Segment in the B costume for yours truly paying off the street turkey punishment. Big shout to all the money that you guys donated. Going to Loaves and Fishes, Friendship Salute. Trays, Second Harvest Food Bank of Metrolina. One thing that I, I like about the punishments, despite me having to look ridiculous in a bee costume all day, it is the fact that we actually keep those companies in the mindset where it's not just street turkeys, and then we go our separate ways for a little while. Be clearly, it's a, a, a great partnership. But also, if you still have some money that you're willing to donate, you know, families still need some food right now, you know, especially after the holiday season, even coming up with, you know, when we celebrate Christmas and all of that. So make sure you keep having them in the back of your mind. And uh, so that's why I will say that this episode or this show or this whole entire shindig with the punishments is brought to you by some of the great companies that were helping us out with straight turkeys. And we're almost done with the bee costume. The question is, what should be next? 
Because we got a few still. I, I'll I think, take mine next if, if whatever some of the punishments that I have to do. All right. So the ones for you, we know about the North Carolina costume. I've got some jerseys. <laughs> Fitty, do you have any jerseys that would fit Wes? Oh, that would fit him? No. It might be funnier if they don't fit, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think it would be. I don't want to stretch out his jersey, so if he really loves it. Well, what about shorts? Because I don't know if I have Carolina shorts. I know you've got some of those. All right, so you'll bring the shorts. Maybe I could bring a jersey that fits him. I think I have, oh, what would be funny is my man Wes Bryant, not a big fan of Rashad McCants. I do have a 32 jersey. Okay. So I know other people wore 32 but maybe just for the spirit of really punishing Wes for no good reason, really. Having him wear Rashad McCants jersey, I think that might be the one. Now, do we go <laughs> full-on Carolina outfit and find a Carolina blue headband and have Wes wear oh, that as well? No, we didn't say headband either. Y'all trying to accessorize me too? I am. Yeah. You got to wear the university I'll do blues. it. I'll be a good sport. All right, I appreciate okay, it. Okay, I'll wear the UNC toes that day. I'll, I'll complete the cipher, man. That's what I do for content, man. He really did not like the Carolina blue headband. That was something that <laughs> really hurt you. So we have that. Um, the other ones, uh, we have the radioke texture choice. That's when we sing clearly karaoke oh, on the yeah, radio, the yeah. country music song. I think that one is we settled with you. I will do it, but we settled on you doing that one. Mm-hmm. Um, all of us are going to partake in spicy takeout. Uh, Wes ha- oh, no, excuse me. That's the hot wings takes. We're all going to partake in. Spicy takeout, this is one that I forgot about. Wes has to order takeout on the phone over the airwaves, completing a bank of show catchphrases before the call is over. So that's a really good one. Yeah, I like that one. Maybe we, I got to work on that one. Stanford P said to make me wear the short shorts 80 style. I don't know if we need to do that, Stanford P. We might not be able to put the pictures on uh, social media, you know? That's some self-confidence from Wes Bryant. (laughs) That's some real self-confidence. We're scrolling through some of the other punishments. We're continuing to scroll. I think those are the ones for you. Uh, We already did, I guess, man on the street turkeys. I thought we might do it again. Yeah. You can go out there. So anyways, those are some of the punishments. All right. You had some updates that you wanted to share with the people. What's going on in the sports world? Yeah, it's a night big game in the ACC. Uh, Clemson and Miami going to be battling it out. Clemson has five quad one and quad two combined victories. The most in the ACC and tied for third most in the country. So this will be a good test for them tonight. And then they got the Tar Heels on Saturday. Kane gang last night won their fourth straight game. So uh, they beat up on Flounders, uh, New York Rangers. So we'd like to see that six to one. Got a big win right there. So, yeah, man, Kane's gang. They've been struggling a little bit this season, but uh, guys are starting to get hot. Sebastian's starting to get hot and, you know, they got to get on the path, man, because it's been a little disappointing for the uh, Stanley Cup favorite. All right. I so I guess they're still that. <laughs> so with so many <laughs> ACC fans in the room right now, how big of a game do you uh, think tonight is between Miami and Clemson? I My- think it's big for sure, because Miami so far and I was talking about them this morning. I thought this was going to be a team that was going to be kind of right back where they were. Uh, top 15 team battling it out to try to get where they were last season and beyond that, but they haven't been. I think they miss Isaiah Wong a lot. Wuga Popular has been playing uh, pretty decent so far. Oh, man, man, he's pretty limited offensively. But, uh, you know, Clemson, I'm excited to see what they do uh, as well. Like I said, excited about my Deeks. Carolina's playing great. Duke's playing great. So, locally, man, teams are holding it down. Well, I mean, if, if you look at Clemson, or excuse me, Miami, 
they only have two losses on the season. They have yeah. 10 wins already, but yeah. the two losses are blowouts, right? They lose to Colorado, good basketball team. They lose to Kentucky on the road, blown out by both of them, but two really good basketball teams. Here's Clemson, where you have uh, them playing Miami tonight, and then they have a game against North Carolina. Their only loss is just by a couple on the road to Memphis. So is this a, oh, now you're for real game for Clemson? Because their MO is once you get into conference play, that's when they start to fall off and you don't really trust them to make it into the NCAA tournament as an at-large team. Oh, Fiddy, I'll go to you because you always joke about, hey, it's December. I don't care what Clemson does in this month. If they beat Miami tonight, then how much love will you shed uh, or will you show to the Tigers? It'll be big for their third place finish in the regular season. <laughs> this is why I asked. Well, I was going to ask this him how worried he would be uh, if they were able to get the wins because I think right now, Fiddy, if I know him uh, a little bit like I've come to, I think he's feeling pretty confident about his heels. I think he's yep. thinking ACC he championship. I think he's thinking the dominant years of yesteryear and – you know, with Clemson and Duke and Wake looking good, I think he's starting to get a little worried. I think that's where the trash talk is coming from. I think it's coming from a place of worry more so than a place of confidence. A lion does not concern himself with the opinion of a sheep, Wes. <laughs> oh, he said this earlier today, and now he's running it back. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, you know what, though? I actually do think it is coming from a place of confidence. He's always going to have the fan fear that all of us have when watching our favorite team. Yeah. But I think he's pretty confident. I was talking to him before you walked into the fishbowl today. Mm -hmm. He said, yeah, man, we got something. In yeah, Hill. I think. He, yeah, I, I can see it. Which, I can see it. And I, I'm with him. I think Carolina is a very good basketball team. So no, it, they're playing well. Yeah, it is. So but but the ACC basketball landscape looks pretty solid. How about does. Duke shooting 100 percent in the second half from three? Quite literally 75 in the <laughs> second. Smoke is flexing on. And we'll right see if now. some of the teams that are eight and three, nine and threes right now. We're going to see who's going to be contenders or pretenders. I mean, BC had eight, nine wins. Uh, Virginia Tech does. So, I mean, we'll see out of that best of the rest who's going to emerge. Uh, last thing before we end the show today, I, I do think maybe. The only other way that you could be better set up going into ACC play is if Duke took care of a couple of bigger non-conference opponents. They did have the win against Baylor to kind of help that. But honestly, uh, for most of the scenarios you could see coming into ACC play, it's about as well as you could set the table for yeah. ACC play coming in. Miami, yeah, a couple losses, but still a good team. Wake Forest, they're starting the ball right now. North Carolina, Duke, Clemson. You know, even if we're all confident they're only going to be a third-place team, I'm excited to see what ACC basketball has in store. You were smiling. Last thing you wanted to end on, what were you smiling? No, I'm just, you know, enjoying the talk and the trash talk. It's getting fun <laughs> around here, you know, the ACC basketball picks. I'm excited for yeah. college basketball. I've been enjoying watching college hoops. All right. That'll do it for the B costume. WFNB. Check it out. Get those socials if you want to see the video. They're only there that you can see it. All right. Continue to catch the buzz with the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7. One more time. WFNB. Oh, okay. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.